All right, you guys ready? Let's do this. You're listening to the best of the best of the best. Fully loaded. It was so good. Luck, luck, luck. I don't think I've ever been chuffed. And what the mouth word said was, you talk too much. Scotty Potty Hay. Someone slapped me. That is not that crazy. That's hard. Losers. This is like proof of the supernatural. This is not the first goal scored by a hand this month. What? You made your own luck. You win by winning. He plays, he scores. You're a pouty baby that doesn't deserve to be a baby. He's just a beardo. Si, senor. I would like the pollo ranchero, por favor. I'm just going to pour myself another bourbon and just let this thing roll. <laughs> All right. Welcome to the latest edition of the FPL America podcast. This is David Smith. Scott Weedy. Brian Shusko. Well, so <laughs> this wasn't exactly how the festive fixtures were supposed to go. Remember, Scott, all the matches we're going to have? All those. All them's matches. Just man. matches. Line them up. Knock yep. them down. Yep. We have almost as many podcast hosts here tonight as we had matches this past weekend. Yep. Totally Four. Sure. Matches were played out of 10 in game week 18. It means two things. It means we're going to have some epic double game week debates later on in the season. And or triple. Potentially so. Uh, It also means that um, if you got 11 players playing in game week 18, I'd like to know who you are. Lucky you. Brian, did you have 11? You got that face that says, I'm that guy. I had 10. See, okay. So you weren't at 11. Yeah, the I think average game I was close. score was 39, and the only reason, Dave, that it was that high is because the top four clubs in the table managed to play. For sure. I, um, Scott, the guy I was playing against in, uh, in the overall cup. Yeah. Well, he free hit, right? <laughs> Which I said on Slack, this might be a week to free hit, and the only reason so, I didn't was because of all of the unknowns about whether or not teams would play. I mean, Villa Burnley was canceled pretty late uh, in in uh, Saturday, was it late on Saturday, I think, yes. right? And I had taken a negative four to bring in Ollie Watkins. I, I used my one transfer to bring in Watkins. And, yeah, I at least I didn't – I mean, I was kind of feeling like, well, at least you didn't take a negative four. Tons of people did, though. Yeah. I mean, because... I made three moves to get as many – I only had six players playing. And then Jeez. I made three moves to get to nine – Watkins brought me down to eight. Phil Foden brought me back down to seven. <laughs> Worth it. Worth it. Listen, everyone was decimated. I felt like I uh, did pretty well scoring a 59. Yeah, that's an amazing wow. score. I, but what's crazy is, so the guy I was playing in my cup match, free hit. So when I saw that, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I have no chance. I have zero chance, and no one cares about this overall cup match for me. But I lost it. I, I end up. Not by much. No. I, I lost it by eight points. Okay. I lost to, to Egg Fried Roos. Mm. Tom Hutchett to Paris. Okay. Crazy. Anyways, he free hit on me. He free hit on me and had like the dopest team possible. And I'm like, God bless. There's not a chance. You know who he didn't have? Joda. If Joda Scott could have given me one more goal and got a couple extra bonus points, I maybe there was a chance. 
Well, I needed a Joe to hat trick, but anyway, so I'm out, I'm out of the cup. I'm bummed. I'm bummed because I was no, no, no. And and it was a per- and that's a perfect segue to talk about what happened this week. I mean, let's go, let's go, let's. You know, honestly, it's the holiday season, Brian. Right, it's the holiday season. I, I, I had that in my head too. It's it's a time for joy and peace. I don't feel joy and peace when I think about football. Sure. One of the few things that brings me joy and peace is is this new reformatted cup system that FPL's given us. This is the best thing the FPL's maybe done since they created FPL in the first place. So so I'm out. You're so, out of the overall so, so cup. I'm out, Dave. but now I'm not. Are you in the Arsenal Cup? Has that started yet? Uh I am in the Arsenal Cup. It has not started yet, okay. but probably in the next few weeks. The Liverpool Cup started in game week 18, so I'm pretty pumped. I qualified uh, in both the overall cup and the Liverpool Cup, although I didn't have an opponent. I guess my overall score in 17 got me a bye in game week 18 for the Liverpool Cup. And Dave, don't fret, because in addition to the Arsenal Cup, you should be in the USA Cup starting in game week 20. I think I am. So, yeah. But uh, again, I just hope I don't run into free hit guy and or triple captain guy. Hey, like I, I never thought about that actually Dave, coming into play. Dave, you can't control that. Here's the thing you need to focus on. Okay. As long as you've got a cup, you've got hope. It's yep. the hope that kills us. Get you, no, get you no, a cup. No. It's the hope that kills us. It's the holiday season, man. That's it's, what I told my stuff. brother who uh, who was watching Leeds get pounded by City. Mm. And at, at 4-0, he, he sent me a text. He said, should I turn it off? I said, yeah. He, and it was 5-0, and he said, should I turn it off now? I said, you should have already turned it off. <laughs> and then at the end of the match, when it's 7-0, he sends me a text and says, I should have listened to you. Yeah, for sure. And then I said, yeah, it's the hope that kills us. Yeah. So, Brian, just... are you are you still in the overall cup? No, I lost uh, I lost right away. Okay. Um, I, I No wonder you wanted to get on with Well, I only vaguely knew that there was a cup. <laughs> the cup thing was happening. I knew we, it was around the time. We talked about this last week when you right. were sick. We it snuck up on all of us. Yeah, uh, I think my my feeling. I I I feel like I've taken on more of your uh, feelings in recent times, Scott. Of like questioning my, the existence. Yeah, of this podcast well, my, well and, the, yeah, well, the, why it's, you it's, watch football in the first place? Yeah, it's more that, and then why are we playing? Why am I playing this game? And I think yeah. I, I I've reached it here now in the last two seasons. It's it's like what I describe as Saint Totteringham's Day. Mm. But but for when I stop caring about FPL, mm-hmm. like where I'm just like that's it, I'm done. As I continue to free fall out of this season, yeah. Uh, and then in a week where you know, all of the all of the moves to all of the players that are are the template players uh-huh. does exactly nothing, right. and in fact hurts you to oh, go yeah, yeah. to go to the players who were the players who. Uh, who any of us would have advised, and many uh, across the FPL punditry class would have advised you to go to. It did the opposite of help you. Oh, yeah. So, anyways. Well, we got good news today as we're recording this on Monday evening here in the United States. The good news is that the matches will attempt to go on. They will go on with hopefully some clarity as to what will create a postponement, a COVID-based postponement. If you look at the FPL app, especially on your phone, and you look at the you know, matches to be rescheduled, that list is very long. But there will be matches, and we will have festive fixtures. How many we have, I don't know. When we when we said and, and have been saying all season long to be prepared 
for COVID postponements. For sure. This is not quite what we probably had in mind. Uh, this is a little bit more and a little bit more sudden than even I expected. But it's not entirely unexpected at the same time. So the good news is that I just want to throw out there that for all the people and players that have contracted, chances are they probably won't contract again. Chances are. Not for a while. And so so everything should be okay. Like once the league makes it through this surge, like in other words, uh, Tiago has COVID. He's got Liverpool close to home. Like, yeah. He's not going to test positive for it again two weeks from now, probably. No. Chances are. No. You know. So I guess on some level, if we're looking for that uh, silver lining, <laughs> if the clubs can make it. It's not like they're going to have yeah. to deal with this every single week. Do they have to deal with it for a couple weeks when it goes to the team? Yeah. But it's not like they're going to have to deal with it in a month, probably. Yeah. But in the meantime, we focus on joy. We focus on the cups, the ones that we're in. And the fact that we get to be in more, even if we've been knocked out of one already. Uh, but we're also going to look ahead to what is relevant in FPL. And I promise Dave and Brian, uh, every listener is going to be grateful for the fact that you talked me out. Like you got all of the officiating stuff out of me before we started recording this pod. So we don't have to go into VAR. That's, that's not FPL relevant. We'll try to avoid that as much as possible. Although it should be noted. Refereeing has not been good. It's not. It's not been good. It's not been good. But what can you do? Us nothing. All we all we can try to do is try to figure out who the referees don't hate and don't get those players. <laughs> I've just resigned myself to the fact that when I watch my club play, I can almost always and and everyone should do this regardless of what club they cheer for. It's not just my club. I feels like it to me, but that's because I'm a fan of that club. But sure. everybody's dealing with it. And uh, you just have to resign yourself to the fact that, you know what? Sometimes the referee's going to be a part of the match. Period. They're not good enough. They're not good enough to keep up with the players. The players have eclipsed them in terms of talent. Players are so much better at being players, and the referees have gotten at being referees. Period. They can't keep up. And therefore, the referee is occasionally going to be a part of the game. Where's Andrew the ref when we need him? Like, how do you fix that? Does that sound – is this a crazy guy question? I'm not saying we're trying to answer it right now. No, just that, 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 you know, uh, a first step is to do what's what I feel like this pod has said, and I think I'm sure is not a, a novel idea, is to put another official on the pitch. I mean, we've said that repeatedly about how many officials are on a field in a – 11 on 11 NFL football game. This is not an NFL football podcast. They have multiple views. Yeah. And and this season, we've seen it a lot. Uh, they have done a, a VAR in NFL, a, a type of it, to help speed along uh, decisions so that coaches don't waste challenges on plays that uh, a video assistant referee can look at and diagnose quickly and get the play going again and all of that's with seven referees on the field yeah they've done it it's and it's seven. And, and it has already i've seen it in multiple games pitch yeah we've seen it in multiple games so far where it's it it, it prevents minutes upon minutes of reviewing and you know the mm. the the coaches having to having to take time out to make that decision and all of those things it's been really good but mm. here's the thing i mean that's a system where you're talking about coaches having challenges. That's unheard of for the Premier League to do. 
Can you imagine giving a soccer referee a red flag to throw on the pitch when they want the referee to go to the monitor? Well, thanks That's unheard for, of. I get it. In fairness to VAR, they do and I can't think That's of, not a I phrase can think of a couple exceptions. That's not a phrase you should use. In fairness to VAR. <laughs> Well we were not supposed to go here. Can yeah, I just say, this was the, yeah, this was to be avoided. Yes, but can I just say that I, I think there's a, another problem too. And it, 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 I mean, the NFL has gotten it right. And I don't even like the NFL, but they keep getting it right, especially compared to the Premier League. This is not a National Football League podcast. No, but they do set the standard in many ways for fantasy sports as well as for refereeing. Sometimes it takes mistakes to get there, but they learn from their mistakes. Hey, uh, Mike Riley, did you hear that? It's possible to learn from your mistakes. Anyway, there's this whole thing about VAR and the relationship with the referee on the pitch, right? Like if the referee says, I saw this a certain way, then there's there's only so much the VAR can do. They, they, they can't necessarily go against that all of the time, right? And it's time to get away with that. It's time to just get away with that entirely. VAR should be there to get it right, period. I don't care what the referee said he saw. I don't care about the referee's interpretation. If Ederson tackled Ryan Fraser, then the VAR should say, you know what? I don't care what you say, referee on the pitch. This is what it needs to be. Go look at it again. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. Listen, they, they have gotten a lot of things wrong. And, and it's impacting really important things. It's impacting the relegation fight. And Newcastle's pissed. It's affecting the championship. And it's fight. affecting the title. It's affecting the title race. And and you know, I mean, honestly, I mean, Liverpool is going to miss those three points that they've lost this season, both in the West Ham match and now in the Spurs match to dodgy refereeing. And and did you see the N'Golo Conte handball? I did not for see Chelsea? that. I, I missed that actually. <laughs> it was. Did you uh, see it? I did not. I don't it, know how you missed this. It was a zero-zero game, and I can't remember what I was doing. I know, I know that people are saying there's only four games this this week. I'm like, okay, fine, good point. I did miss that, so I have not seen it. All right, now that we stopped the pod and uh, the <laughs> wonder of editing, I have seen it. After I just said I haven't seen it, I hey. have now seen it, Scott. And you know what? Poor wolves, you know, because Un- that play. I mean, Potence has a breakaway. He's he's in on Mendy. And it obviously, you could argue, costs Wolves a couple of points. And that's coming off the back of losing you know, a point at least to Manchester City where a dodgy VAR call goes against them, yeah. speaking of bad officiating again. And it leads to Raheem Sterling getting a penalty kick goal, the only goal of that match. For sure, Scott. It's, it's terrible. It's affecting the relegation race. Yeah. It's affecting the title it race. It is because City's benefiting. Again, and Liverpool is not. It's almost like between the West Ham match and the Spurs match. Someone's doing it on purpose. Well, it feels like I know maybe it probably is. The Arsenal fans it, say that it, instead of me, I have no credibility saying that. It probably feels like that, though. but it does feel like that, and I don't want to talk about it anymore. It's enough. It's enough to just make me. Well, I want to go back to joy and peace. We've talked about the cups. Fair enough. We've talked about the officiating more than we meant to. Brian, I want to get to you and, and what you have for us, talking about some of the players as we head into the festive fixtures that we should be looking at and, and maybe even avoiding. Yeah, let's talk about what happened in game week 18. Uh, even in a limited game week, something that I, I just feel like we could talk about, maybe the, the big winners and the not-so-big winners sure. yeah. in the in the game week. Let's breeze through it. Uh, 
we've said, and you know, I I was here a couple weeks ago, uh, screaming to everyone how they were supposed to get two Manchester City midfielders and maximize the city attack because their you know their fixtures are outstanding or whatever. Trying to figure out how to get uh, you know two of them into your side and all of these other players, you know, make sure you get Jota, make sure you get you know try to try to play the fixtures for some for some of these other people. This whole time we should have been figuring out how to get two Gunners into our team. So weird. Which is opposite of what you normally advise, Dave. Normally you're saying, don't. do not, I don't want any gunners in my team. <laughs> Whether that's reverse jinxing for, or sure. for you, for real life results or whatever. The, I mean, the, the obvious standout this week is Gabriel Martinelli. Dave, uh, you're he, your boy. He's been on fire. I, I think in the previous record, re- recording of this pod, you referenced that we've talked about him. Uh you know, multiple times in brief spurts the last yeah. couple seasons, he's finally now gotten a run. Yes, of form and and Brian, what since week well, thirteen? What's he done? So since since game week thirteen, just among midfielders, you know, game week thirteen is when he first. This is you know, his run of of featuring and slash starts. Uh, Forty two FPL points tied third tied with Mason Mount for third most. He's only behind James Madison and Mo Salah since game week thirteen. For a 5.3 midfielder, I don't know how you can feel bad about that. Somebody who's gotten a return in every match that he's that he's uh, appeared in. The thing that's hard, and this is this is this is the the difficulty of no stats versus huge results. He has scored four goals on four shots on target. You, you love you love these. Stats. I never love. I never love. You love them so much. Well. As we just said and are saying again, uh, what is difficult with it is this is a guy who's who everyone knows is talented. People are already comparing him to Alexis Sanchez. Like there are people who well, are some of his finishing is has been reminiscent to Henri. And and the, he's and style wise, the comparisons are are grandiose for the abilities of of Martinelli. So that has never seemed to be in question. The issue with this is. You know, unlike the proven players who don't need the underlying stats, people who we talk about all the time Son, on the pod, Son and Vardy are the big are the big standouts among them. Uh, Bernardo Silva uh, in his huge run, you know, something that we talked about weeks ago, the Mason Mount and Bernardo Silva over way overperforming their stats, but you kind of there's a different expectation with them because you've seen it a little bit longer. That's the thing that is always scary with guys like this. Martinelli scoring this week, two shots on target, two goals, four sh- four goals in the last you know six five weeks six weeks, four shots on target, four shots on target is way outside even like that's not like obviously not even close to top ten sure even it's among super, midfielders right, it's an sure, absurd it's, it's an absurd low. high percentage of scoring. The thing that gives me a little bit of of confidence with this is he's getting a ton of chances in the box. So 13 of his 14 shots since game week 13 have been in the box. So it's okay. the fourth highest total of shots in the box for midfielders. And he's six for touches in the opposition box in that time. And he's had five big chances, which is third among midfielders. So, so on the one hand, you have a guy who's extremely clinical in his finishing but also is getting the volume in the oper- in the spaces. In the right places. Right. So, like, the comparison to his teammate, Emil Smith-Rowe, who, who he is 
kind of replacing right he's, now he's, is basically it's been weird. He's been playing in his position, and then when when Smith Rowe and Brian, for anyone who's owned him, they probably felt bad because he hasn't started the last few matches yet. He continues to come off the bench and score, and he probably is scoring on one shot. You're probably going to tell me he's scoring on one shot on target, and he's scoring that ball, and uh, which. For, so obviously, there's plenty of ESR owners out there. Yeah, his ownership is at 27. And and this week, after you know Martinelli leaves game week 17 cramping, and game week 18, I think ahead of the ahead of the the week, uh, you know, or ahead of this tiny bit of matches, Smith Rowe was a huge uh, was a huge you know team of the week selection for a lot of for a lot of websites out there thinking that Martinelli might not get the start because of how he looked coming off the pitch in game week 17. Sure enough, we go right back to the exact same lineup. Martinelli comes in and just blows the doors off. Martinelli's at a 5-3. I'm absolutely looking to bring him in this week. Uh, If I can, I'm totally considering bringing in Martinelli for the next couple weeks and getting rid of Rafinha for the next couple weeks. Right, and so, but even beyond him, like, Smithrow comes off the bench, scores with his only shot that he takes. So he keeps being magic. Uh, Bukayo Saka, Saka in the last he's been it, fine. Saka in the last two weeks has taken more shots than any other midfielder. Ten shots for Saka in the last two weeks. So yeah. he's second only to Jota for shots in the box. He's and, hit some bars, and, and he's and he's he and Jota are barely are ma- basically he and Jota are matching each other in the last That's two crazy. weeks, which yeah, is which. On par with Jota. Yeah. So Saka is to me a, a just as and a consideration. And, and Martin Odegaard. I was gonna say Odegaard what, gets an assist. O- Odegaard is probably. I mean, his consistency over the last five match weeks: seven, seven, eight, three, seven. I mean, he it's either goals or assists in it, in in all those matches. Yeah. So just in Gunner midfielders, you have, and they're all low cost because no one thought that they would be any good. Yeah, we've been avoiding. They won't be. Well, but- we've been avoiding them for so long. Martinelli is, you know, the huge standout. I, I don't know how, if he's already beaten his main competition, who is also doing well. I don't know how you couldn't consider him. You know what I mean? Right. Like this isn't like something where oh, all of a sudden Smithrow got that goal and he's now he's going to be back in the. It's this fierce competition again. It's like no, nah, it feels like it's Martinelli's spot. With Smith Rowe to come in and be that guy, it it does feel like that at the moment, which is very odd. Um, and that's not even to, and that's not even with Alexander Lacazette being the hottest forward in FPL right now in terms of transfers in. Gets an assist this week too, kind of bailed out because he gets a, a because he was the last person to touch a deflected shot that then went. I think it was Saka's goal. I think he got the assist on Saka's goal. I think goal. you're right. But he had two big chances this week. He probably should have scored at least one. So, and then, and then it's it's Arsenal playing against Norwich. So now it is a Dean Smith Norwich, right? An improved. Uh, maybe that matters. Hasn't mattered a ton. I feel like they've been playing tougher since he took over. Like normally, you'd have thought they have they, a little more heart, but it hasn't really affected the results all that much. They have lost Grant Hanley, I think, so that might hurt them. <laughs> that great. hurts them for you. And that is <laughs> that is an old, old reference. No, so Dave, like my my feeling is... You have a question. If you don't like, have Emil Smith-Rowe, are you buying him? 
if I if I right currently right now I don't own, let's say you have no, no let's say you have no Arsenal midfielder. Smithrow has been the the choice because of his price for a while, and now you have all of these guys staring at you again. You might sort by form, and you might see you know you might see uh, Smithrow near the top, or you might he might even be ahead of Martinelli for all I know. Who uh, who are you? Which of these guys are you prioritizing? As an Arsenal fan, uh, Martinelli. Okay, and it's it's been, I think, Saka uh, is probably has a position that's kind of maybe more locked down. But Smith Rowe and Martinelli were both playing at the same time when Saka wasn't playing, and Martinelli was playing still. So mm-hmm. I I just feel like the way he's gotten his goals, and I know he's only had a couple different shots or like two shots, two goals, but man, they are um, really clinical. And uh, there seems to be something there that I think is going to be, um, I don't know, it's, it's a, a different flash. I mean, he brings something that Smith Rowe doesn't bring. He brings something that Saka doesn't bring and or Odegaard. Um, you know, the cool thing is, is they all are bringing different skill sets to the table. Martinelli is the closest thing to a forward finisher, to a center forward out of all three of those. Which, it sounds like, that's, it sounds like that's not out of the realm of possibility for him. Right. There seems to be talk of that, like, it might a, be in a perfect world with the better development. Who knows? Maybe even yet to play this season, that that might be where Martinelli goes. Yeah. Is to play as their kind of as their number nine. Maybe maybe Odegaard sits and then Smith Rowe and Sock on the wings and Martinelli with Lacazette. I mean that that very well could possibly happen. Okay. So yeah, I I, don't, I I was shocked in the seasons past. He's been listed as a forward. I hadn't even looked this season yet, so then when I looked to see that he was a midfielder, I was a little disappointed because I, w- I thought, you know, hey, that's a hot forward you could bring in, but not not the case. Scott, do you care one iota about Arsenal players? I have Emil Smith-Rowe and I have Alexander Lacazette. Okay. That's all I need that's right now. That's probably the most gunners you've ever had in your team. <laughs> yeah. That's probably more than you should Dave, have. Dave, would Scott. you advise Smith-Rowe owners to sell him? Great question. Does um, him being benched so often now well, make it's you happened, think that okay. you would advise selling? So he had a knock for a couple matches. In match week 15 and 16, he he had a knock. So mm-hmm. he, he was starting a row of matches all the way up until then. He did not play against Everton or Southampton. Then he subs in. He's healthy. Subs in against West Ham. Subs in against Leeds. And gets goals in both. So – uh, the way Arteta seems to have been doing it, because Tyranny couldn't get back into the starting lineup until Tavares got a knock. And Tavares was playing well, and now Tavares can't find the pitch. Um, Tomiyasu is probably thinking that he must get better if he wants to continue to play, although I feel like his position is more locked down than anyone's, because I don't feel like there's any uh, anyone chasing him down. He's not worried about Cedric Suarez taking over his spot. But, no, I... I think that Smith Rowe is going to be playing, whether it's a sub, and it hasn't mattered as much. It's a great question, though. Should you sell? I would not sell yet. I'd hold on. I'd hold on for the Norwich match to see what happens. Okay. If he doesn't start the Norwich match, and then if he doesn't, you could still feel pretty good about him subbing on and still getting something. If he doesn't start the Wolves match, I'd sell him. Okay. So that's – but great, great question. That's an excellent question. Obviously, Joel Cancelo continues to destroy the league uh, single-handedly. Uh, Eighteen points for him. This he's, week. In, he's the only guy who shouldn't. They don't have to worry about Pep, right? 
Not really. It doesn't seem like it. Sure seems like it. Um, I city defenders kind of lucked into a clean sheet, though, as we kind of referenced uh, a little bit ago. How there's no, I mean, presumably Callum Wilson. I think he was playing at that point. Presumably, you get the, you know, Newcastle should at least finish this match with a goal, but doesn't change that Cancelo had a goal and an assist prior to that anyway. Yeah. So no, for sure. Um, that was my priority transfer uh, this week already. I don't care what the protocols are. <laughs> I have already. <laughs> I don't care what. <laughs> I don't care what the advice is of waiting as long as possible. Uh, my transfers are already made. Um, no, but even this week, you know, it's other like Scott said, because they were even playing the other city assets that were popular pickups. Raheem Sterling was probably, I don't know, fourth or fifth maybe. On the list, I think he probably had a lot of support from more pundit support than like actual FPL manager selection support. Gets you a tap in if you uh, if you went to him, uh, kind of the easiest goal possible at the very very end of the match. Uh, Riyad Mahrez has another huge game. Continues to be the best city player that doesn't get any minutes uh, at all <laughs> yeah, until, until this week. Yeah. I mean, these guys um, like. Other than maybe Bernardo, and I feel like his starts recently, I guess it was just one match. Well, Bernardo got subbed off early against Leeds, entirely precautionary. I think it was, uh, we didn't want to, like, we don't want to do anything to overexert players. I thought it was, uh, he might, he thought he felt something, ended up being fine, played 90 minutes this week, got you exactly nothing. But, um, but no, like Alexander Zinchenko, like Kyle Walker was another choice. I know I saw him on a few uh, on a few like team of the week selection things out there. If you wanted to do a manager quote of the week, I feel like you could do it with Pep saying that he had a fully fit squad entering the match, and uh, minus Ferran Torres, and then the team sheet comes out and Kyle Walker is not available, and his reason was not match fit. <laughs> He's well, sick. Scott, he had an illness, and so he's he's an, uh, apparently non-COVID illness. It is sick and is not match fit, and so was not in the team. Three straight starts now for Alexander Zinchenko. Gets you 11 points and assists and a clean sheet and two bonus points. So again, I just it is a bit uh, that they lucked into the they lucked into for the sure. sheet here a little bit. Uh, Marcus Alonso uh, ends up being the best city asset this week because, of course, he would Chelsea, be. Or... Chelsea asset because, of course, he would be. Uh, gets all three bonus points in a match that, as we said, maybe shouldn't have been a clean sheet. It uh, shouldn't probably have been. Shouldn't Talk have about been all the Chelsea a, defenders. shouldn't have been a clean sheet for Marcus Alonso uh, this week. Um, Dave, you said you want to sell Rafinha. He keeps getting one penalty. Like I know, there's not a guy. I know. Who, okay, it's it's infuriating for everyone. Well, it's infuriating for people who sold him, uh, like me. But it's not. It 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 Leeds has been so awful, and like this week, what is it? Wasn't it Ben White? Did Ben White commit yeah. the foul? Horrible, yeah, horrible, bad foul, bad, stu- oh. stupid play. Like I'm not even arguing. Like, the I didn't really argue it. Like. Thanks a lot. I know. <laughs> it nuked. I I I uh, I was rolling with Tomiyasu. Although I did get Tomiyasu had come off before that goal went in, so I still got a clean sheet from him. 
But uh, Ramsdale and White, yeah, lost that clean sheet as well. That was pretty, pretty annoying. No, my point with Rafinha is this. Next week he plays Liverpool, and then he plays home Villa. So the only reason why I was looking at it, like, I don't love him playing Liverpool, although, I mean, Liverpool hasn't exactly been if rolling, you find rolling out, the clean well, sheets for, out. Yeah, well, you know they're going to be down Andy Robertson, which isn't yeah, that, but that's not, not necessarily the worst thing because Simikas has, has been has, has been, been good. really good. Simikas. Samikas. The issue is whether Virgil's going to be there. If For you sure. find out that yeah, Virgil's later on in the week, that Virgil's not training, or you, there's a question about his fitness, then That's, then because I know it just seems like that. I, I and I'm, we talked about this pre-pod. That Liverpool's high line didn't look as good as it, it. Tottenham was literally going after him. Scott said it was mainly because of of the young kid playing in the playing in the midfield. Tyler Morton. Uh, Tyler Morton. But to me, it seemed like Which the defenders, cool. uh, center backs, uh, Kanate and Matip were getting caught out. I mean, Virgil wasn't on the pitch, so not having him out there is a big, big deal. Spurs had a deadly counterattack. I mean, they were set up for it, and they were ready for it. I mean, it was, they it was were, outstanding. Well, I mean, and, and that's honestly, you have to attack Liverpool that way because they're they're so good everywhere else. I feel like you have to try to hit, hit them on the counter, and and they did. Anyways, bottom line is, I, I just, I don't know. You're right. He could score against Liverpool. Uh, I just, in my, in my, because I have to carry the uh, Ward-Prowse weight. I, it's either, <laughs> it's either Jota, I'm not getting rid of Jota, or Bowen, and, and or then Rafinha. And I just like, I'm not, it's Rafinha or Bowen, and Bowen's next four matches are amazing. Southampton, Watford, yeah. Palace. Leads. I just, I don't know. I it, I just feel like Martinelli needs to be owned. I really, really, really do, especially against Norwich. Um, Scott, Andy Robertson outscores Trent Alexander Arnold again, uh, despite getting the red card. Uh, this is this is not uncommon now, uh, where it's been way more of a competition. When Andy Robertson comes back, is there as uh, as um, Chelsea defense continues to slide. Would you ever? I let me say it this way, and you tell me if you disagree with this. I'm not even asking you a question. Knowing that Mo Salah is one of the African Cup of Nations uh, levers, will it be Jota, Trent, and Ale- or Andy Robertson as they? That's the preferred Liverpool players and. Managers should have all three of those guys whenever Mane and Salah go to AFCON. Yeah, I, th- I think if you're looking at the best three Liverpool players that played during that tournament, those would be your three. Would you do that? Uh, Andy Robertson yeah. is 7.1. And, and likely you have a lot of money wrapped up in Trent. I do, but I have been carrying Ruben Diaz this entire time. And I'm finally starting to getting some results from him. Finally, starting to see some returns from Ruben Diaz. Yeah, which is, by the way, there's a lesson in that. If a player is good, you stay with the player because you don't get his overall points unless you own him all season. Anyway, you want to own him during their hot runs, but your points valid because, you know, the players. You know, I used to say this. Um, this is not a Major League Baseball podcast, but. Years ago, there used to be a thing called baseball cards, Brian. I remember that. And uh, guys would have their batting averages and stats 
on the back of their baseball cards that had their pictures, their action pictures on the front. And I would always, but I, I would say this, I've said this in this podcast before, would it, you know, you could always look at, at that, that baseball card. And for the most part, you could figure out after a player has about five years on there, you can pretty much figure out where that player's going to be within a certain margin by the end of the season. Right. Because that's what he is, Scott. Exactly. And at this point, uh, it's starting to get to the place where, like, certain players, we know what they are. Yep. And when Ruben Diaz, Scott, and this is to, to support your point, when he goes multiple matches, not really giving you what you want, and then all of a sudden you know, the numbers are going to come back. Why? Because he's going to end up where his numbers say on the back of his baseball card, and this is not a baseball podcast. No, but we see it every week on the front page of the FPL homepage. Tens of thousands of people transferring out players who don't have a good game week, or maybe two or even three. That's not me. Ruben Diaz, after four bad game weeks, the first four game weeks I owned him for, most people would have sold him long before then. I wasn't going to because I knew he was Ruben Diaz, and I knew that the points would come. For sure. And they did. So all that to say, if I get to a place where I need, you know, Diaz gets hurt or something else, you know, guides me in that way, yeah, I'd go, Rob, uh, you know, I'd go Diaz to Robertson, and I could, I could probably make that work with another move somewhere. Real quick, let's, let's briefly mention Reese James. I know we had talked about this the last couple of weeks because he had gone three matches uh, with getting nothing, one match where he didn't play, and then two matches where Chelsea got zero. They play Everton where he got an assist and he got eight points, three bonus points, and then Scott, he got a clean sheet this week, obviously lucky to get that as the Conte handball. Well, he also got it. It's, it's somehow nice that, overlooked. It's nice that he still got the defender points playing in the midfield for Chelsea in this match. For sure. Yeah, that's true. Well, so anyways, I just, I stuck with him, even though I probably should. A lot of people went away from him, and I, I get it. Same His point. ownership is still at 36%. No, 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 don't get it. Don't get it. That's that's well, a dumb-ass move. Fair. Because he's Reese James, and it's Chelsea. His ownership is you still stay with them. 36.6%. So, like, it couldn't have dipped that much. But it probably was, like, 39 maybe 40%. I just know that I can't play the lottery. I never win the lottery. Never. I never won the lottery. So yeah. when I sell Reese James thinking he's not going to be good anymore, I mean, I, th that's what happened to me with Mason Mount. Shame on me. As soon as I sold Mason Mount, he started, scoring. He started pouring in goals. Yeah. I, I no, could have kept it's... him all season long, and I probably would be okay with that. Instead, I went to Jota. Now, I, I'm hoping I won't be too disappointed with the Jota move. That's that's a, at least a lateral move because right. there's a huge good reason to But at to the same time, I've lost the lottery because when I left Mount to Jota, Jota had a couple of down weeks and Mount had great weeks. Yeah. And that's kind of my point. When you leave these superstar players like Reese James, that's ultimately what's going to happen. You're going to have those situations where you transfer guys out and then you watch them put in double-digit hauls. Yeah. Real quickly, and, and then we, we can move on. Uh, Spurs defender. Is it worth looking at Spurs defender? And I know how silly that sounds. I'm just saying it's not that silly. I think it's starting to come around. We thought one of my thoughts was well, that rested. Conte would make them better defensively. And I just wonder if we haven't. I mean, we're starting to see some of that. I mean, they sat back for large stretches of this match against Liverpool. I'm not necessarily referencing. And it worked. Yes, technically they played Liverpool last week. But I, I kind of want to, as a whole, of the last four to five match weeks, I, I want to kind of give a look at, like, yeah, you know, the reason why I say that is this. They got some cheap uh, – Ben Davies has played 
yeah. every match since week uh, 10 against United. But his last five, or yeah, his last five, 6 2, 6 15, and then zero against Liverpool. Um, which yeah. they had, he, I think he, he got, got a, a yellow. He card. got a yellow, and then they had two goals they scored, scored two against. Goals, yeah. So, I, you know, granted, the other teams were Everton, Leeds, Brentford, Norwich. Okay, fair. But results are result. And honestly, I mean, this. I'm not uh, interested. Yeah, I have a little bit. Spurs defender, I, not I, Regulon. I have Ben Davis, and the, for that exact reason, because he was four point four, and he's so, start, and he's starting every match for them. And I mean, I mean, to go back to four point five, he's gone up. Well, he's gone up. Maybe so four point four. Yeah, he was you. he was four point four. But prior to that, you know, as he's coming in, you know, Manchester United, they blank. You know, they got they got run out of their own building against Manchester United, but they get you know got a clean sheet against Everton. They uh, they give up a goal against Leeds, but still get the the win there. And then he goes, you know, another clean sheet against Brentford, and then came back with a fifteen uh, at home against Norwich. So, you know, in the past five weeks, Ben Davis is one of your form defenders as they're about to go to Crystal Palace, Southampton, and Watford. Exactly. So what so, I was looking at is, you know, how do I right, like? Right, I, I needed to make some money and we, or like. Like for me, what I was looking at doing is is Tomiyasu got a knock. I have Tomiyasu who has who has a knock. I also have Ben White and Ramsdale. So I probably okay. have the guy who always says I don't like to own Arsenal players owns three of them. Of course, what I'd like to do is very possibly get rid of Tomiyasu, bring in Ben Davies, so then I can add another uh, Arsenal player in the midfield, as I can only have three, and that's how I squeeze Martinelli in. I was looking at bringing in Ben Davies. Now, their schedule, like you said, Scott, I know you kind of said you just stay away from it, but Ryan's right. They're home, home Crystal Palace at Southampton at Watford, and then they got a North London derby, which they're playing at home. It's just that Ben Davis was playing as advanced as basically as Regulon on his side, despite them playing him being one of the back a back three. So How we talked. Was he getting up there? Because he's just overlapping, overlapping center back. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, no, he is just. I think, I All think right. that was something that he was given some freedom to do. Uh, we talked about Regalon and Emerson Royal a few weeks ago. You know that they're, you know that's they're prominent in the Antonio Conte system, and and they've been disappointing. I mean, Regalon uh, missed out the past two weeks for fitness concerns. He played four minutes. You know, subbed on for the last four minutes against Liverpool. So he is fit enough at least to play. I would expect that he's back in there, but he was the darling for everyone just because he got that goal, you know, or whatever it was a few weeks ago. Harry Kane started. Scott, does that matter? He scored a nice goal, and then he proceeded to miss a bunch more. When he scored the goal, I thought maybe that would be the thing to unlock him. And yeah. it's like, and, and, right. and I li- literally had that thought like, oh, this, this, is, this is the beginning now. Yeah. This is the Harry Kane we know. And then for the rest of the match, it's like, oh, no, this is actually the Harry Kane we've come to know. Mm-hmm. He's, he's still around. So he, the, the, the goals seem to be lucky compared no one, to the no rest one, of the match. Nothing saw – you didn't see anything that would draw you to him. Nope. Okay. Brian, same probably. I mean, I felt, yeah. that, I felt the same uh, no, way Scott did. He, I mean, he was – he took a lot of shots. It's, it's true. It's just – there's just something – 
No, I like I sold Kane. You know, I sold Kane a few weeks ago uh, for Ronaldo, who is also now gone from my team. Uh, but no, I there is nothing. I I feel like you'd be more encouraged by Sun than you would be for sure uh, by it's the Kane. one spur I'd go to. Okay, fair enough, and I I completely yeah. agree. Anything else? No, from I mean, for players, I think that's it. For I mean, there's a lot of other good performances. No, but the like the. The bad, I mean, the bad things from this week, like how many people went to Phil Foden? I can raise my hand on that one. Uh, yeah, I didn't know he went to a party. Exactly. Phil Foden and Jack you Grealish. You get the Phil Foden party Jack, update? you know whose fault it is? Grealish. Jack <laughs> Grealish. <laughs> it's true. Uh, disciplinary you issue. You know Jack, Jack called up? He's like, man, I just got a Jack call. Jack can't help but be a bad influence. I just got a call from these hotties. I have been uh, telling you for years he's a bad influence. I, I got a call from these hotties, Phil. Phil, you you got to go to this party with me. Look, when you when you Phil's look, like, Jack, when Jack, you I'm look, not, Jack, I got to play. He is negatively influencing the youth of Manchester. That's all I can say. When you look like Jack Grealish, you got to have your phone on <laughs> on automatic alerts from Jack yeah. Grealish Foden, at all times. <clears throat> Foden was in a weak spot because he knew that if Jack was calling him up. To go to a party, so it was going to be hot. Peer pressure. Peer pressure. Jack Grealish is Phil, a bully. You heard it from Phil, Dave Phil Smith Phil Foden first. is not as good looking as Jack, and Jack probably gets a lot more party calls than Phil does. We Jack already, is a weirdo. Look, He's not good looking. We Jack already know. He are, is a model weird looking dude. 80s Judd Nelson haircut. We, Get out of here. We already, know, we already know that Phil Foden and Mason Greenwood have no issue uh, That's true. with their companionship from, uh, from England over Foden's a follower. The past it was Greenwood last time, Scott. Foden's a follower, uh, bud. He'll never be the team captain. Look, this is... <laughs> News alert right now. Say, I'm claiming it right now. Phil Foden will never be captain of Manchester City. He is more likely to be on the party planning committee with Kyle Walker Absolutely. than he is to be he the captain. He is closer to Kyle Walker uh, than uh, Vincent Company. This is the best analysis we've had all show. <laughs> when Pep says of you, at Christmas time, I pay a lot of attention to behavior on and off the pitch. And when off the pitch is not proper... They are not going to play, and Phil Foden and Jack Grealish are both on the bench. I feel like that should matter. You hope that that kind of thing matters. Scott, you should love this. You love it when a manager does something like this, right? No, I I do. I don't love it when I take a negative four and I bring you in and I have seven <laughs> players That's playing. So brutal. This is why I never go to City. Yeah. No, I I get that. Diaz owner, but no, no I get so, it. So so that I mean that's not <laughs> who's great. the one staple. Cancelo. Well, Cancelo has been. <laughs> it, for sure. Yeah, it's 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 Cancelo, and then kind of everyone All else right. after that. But no, but like Bernardo Silva, another blank for him this week. You know, playing ninety minutes. I feel like I hate to blame KDB for things here, but in the last two weeks, Who? Kevin De Bruyne. Who's that guy? He is. Uh, he's looking very good, Dave. Well, but since he's come back in these last two weeks, you know, I, I get it. They subbed him off, like we said, precautionary against Leeds. He's only take Bernardo Silva has taken two shots in two weeks. I know. So prior, you know, the, the weeks where he's gone bonkers, he was attempting more shots, even on a per 90. I get it. It was two shots per 90 
compared to 1.3 shots per 90. It's right. just a it's a and, a and it's a small sample size in the two weeks since KDB has been back. But KDB is just as involved going forward as Bernardo Silva was here in the past two weeks. He's taken more shots and he's created more chances than Bernardo Silva has. He's 11-9. Are you going to him? It's just that what I'm saying is that Bernardo so Silva was because he had that run. I think he was a. I think he felt like such a gift at his price point in the Manchester City midfield. For sure, his average pitch position is slightly deeper than it was a few games ago, and and I and KDB's is slightly more advanced than what Bernardo Silva's is. I'm just saying, like this kind of thing matters, and if yeah. KDB is back to where. Pep is trusting him. He's playing a lot of minutes, and he's also, by the way, he's KDB. It just seems like Bernardo Silva is the is one of the players because they don't need him up there. They don't need him there at all. They have they have. We've already said this a thousand times. They have five players who can get up there and be more advanced and taking the shots in the box. And if Bernardo Silva's not as inclined to make those late runs into the box. I mean, he should have scored in the first like two seconds against Leeds two weeks ago, and he missed. And I just you just see things like that, and you just say, "Why? How is somebody in your form at this current moment? How do you miss that?" And then how does like, seven? And it's like, how does seven goals go? And in? then Scott, all, we and referenced then, it on the pod that Brian wasn't here. Seven goals go in, and Bernardo and had, Jesus got none of it. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like you just think that you see something like that, and you're like, "Did is he?" He's off the boil. Like, is, 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 that's, that's it. So I just, I, it would make me nervous. Uh, it's not a player I would be going to All right. uh, if I didn't have him. Dave's still trying to figure out what you meant by off the boil. No, I'm with you. Oh, okay. You boil water, Scott. Anything I'm, else, Brian? I'm dumb. I'm not that no, dumb. No, but yes. Is there any other players you feel like were big, huge disappointments this week? Other than the Liverpool defense looks like a mid-table not, defense whenever Virgil's not there. Not player-wise, but just in general, I think Spurs showed us that right now at this stage of the season, the the clubs that are getting t- that are getting time off because of COVID are going to be fresh and not and, rusty. And Spurs, Spurs have had some time off, Scott. They've had the most, and they came back fresh. They weren't rusty. Couple weeks off this stage of the season was a gr- a good thing for you know them. Who looks doesn't look good is Chelsea. No, Chelsea. Chelsea's is saggy. been grinding the last, yeah, like barely staying afloat the last well, three I mean, or four. They weeks. had like four outfield players on their bench. They didn't have any options. Reese James, we mentioned, played a midfield position in this match. But he can play there anyways, right? Sure, he was, he I might, get it. He might should be playing in their midfield, but they're not. They're not right. <laughs> they're not right, and they probably have a better club. Not a better eleven, not eligible to play. Then, then who's been starting? Than eligible to play. Maybe, maybe that's the case. Either way, Scott, in our club mojo ranking, <laughs> mid table Chelsea. Chelsea, sure. absolutely mid table. Mid table mojo. Quick, quick, quick. Top table mojo. <laughs> you want to run down that city? C- C- City's up top. Thanks, VAR. You, you know who also is up top? Is Arsenal. Arsenal. Arsenal's yeah. up top. No doubt. Um. Leicester is climbing up. They had been down. I feel like they're climbing a little bit. No, it's still, it's it's a mirage. Leicester defensively is absolutely awful. Oh, for sure. Def- they have this, we, we've referenced this before. If they have you a want, D if, 
defense with a B plus offense. Not only, uh, not only is Johnny Evans injured again, which is like the worst thing that can happen to them. Every other player for them is terrible, and that is that is led by Pod not favorite Chalar Soyuncu. <laughs> the guy is awful. Right. He's been awful this season. Lester is giving up a ton of big chances, a ton of. They're giving up chances upon chances. If you wanted to go, what is if it, if Liverpool wasn't playing Leeds this weekend, and it still is going to make everyone a little bit nervous because they play first. I just feel like pl- captaining a city a city asset is not it's not stupid. Okay, I want to mention this also as well, and this has to be mentioned. James Madison is on the boil. Scott, we've talked about this before. We've talked about this before, Scott. How yeah, he's on he's on a look four his minutes la- ago. his last four matches. 16-10-1-16. Yes. Watford, Southampton, Villa, Newcastle. Points are points, Scott. Now, I say all that to say this. The next two weeks, they're playing at City and Home Liverpool. Okay? Don't love either one of those, right? I don't. I'm not sure I do either. After that is home Norwich at Burnley. You, you like love that? those. You like that better. I'm just saying at Madison at a 6-8. Mm, I mean, it's something to think about, Scott. That's all I'm saying. It's something to think about. 6-8 is cheap. For that, for 16-10-1-16, that's insane. Yeah, that's cheap. We're all just getting to, you're all just, whatever we're doing is all just preparation for whenever all of these big club assets leave. He's on the boil, Scott. Oh, gosh. <laughs> no more boils. If Scott brings in James Madison to his team, you will know that he has done he has done something, I don't know, cataclysmic. <laughs> I feel like that I feel like that to me would be uh that would be like you arguing him into selecting James Ward Prowse. J- JWP <laughs> and then like James Madison. Yeah, Dave could go, almost go from JWP to no. James Madison. James Ward Prowse, Jack Grealish. Well, let me. James Madison. It feels like that is the tier, the tier steps for Scott. We, I think, we think at the moment that Sunday, Boxing Day, we're going to have a full slate of matches. Well, and when we will... I say a full slate, that is nine yeah. out of 10 games. Well, we will have. We we at least have the possibility of Boxing Day matches. Let's just let's just go with that for now. At the moment, yeah, yeah. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Uh, EFL Cup still on in the midweek. We'll see what happens with that too. Uh, I have to believe that that competition is going to be weakened even more because uh, based on eligible players yeah. and clubs not wanting to risk potentially at risk players either. But uh, we'll we'll see what happens. But yeah, there's a potential for matches. FPL. We'll march right along. And, hey, uh, there are some people who definitely benefited even with the reduced game week. I'm looking at the top three of the FPL America Podcast League, and it's all familiar names. Game of Throw-Ins, Anthony is on fire. He has marched right up to the table, up to number one. He and Daniel tied for an 80 top score in the FPL America Podcast League. Gosh. Daniel is a familiar name. His team name is new this season. Ian Nacho Uh But Daniel, well done. Uh-huh. 
Nice. Well done. Daniel Daniel's a familiar name though. Uh they bookend the top three in the middle, Nirvana State, Michael Holden tight at number two. He's only he still scored a sixty six. He's only one point overall behind Anthony. So it's a tight race there at the top. And if you've been following us on social media, I, I did not have videos for all of the matches, but I kept you pretty close you to pretty some good. FPL analysis. Yeah. And I definitely gave you the top scores in game week 16 and 17. All those videos are available on Instagram and on Twitter and on Facebook. So wherever you prefer to follow us, go look at those. They're there. You can find them, find out if that was you. And continue to uh, follow us. I make no promises over the festive fixtures, but we'll see what happens. And, uh, you know, if, if we're going to post content, uh, we'll post it there. This is, however, the final episode for 2021. That's correct. The calendar year. Uh, we will be off next week. The matches will continue to roll in day after day after day for the next week plus. And uh, we will be back after the new year to recap it all and to prepare you for the My second gosh. half of the season. That, yeah, that we will jump right into it. I but, wonder if by then... A wild card will have been. Used. I was going to say the second half wild card will become available during that time frame, and um, I, I don't know. COVID will still be here probably after that uh, time frame as well. Hopefully, uh, some of you are still in a cup or two as well. No doubt. Well, for the FBL America podcast, happy holidays, and uh, until next time. <laughs>